Yeah. 120? 120. Hey, so I'm reading the story about David Copperfield. He's the magician. You ever hear the old stories about him where allegedly he would invite women out to his island and say, there's a big party. Come out. I'll send you with a private jet. And the jet would take them. And then they would get there and there'd be nobody there but him. Yeah. <laughs> now, these stories are on the internet. So read them. I don't know how true they are. I don't even know if he's found guilty of this stuff. But apparently one of the stories, allegedly, this woman is trying to call for help. And she picks up the phone to call for help. And he's on the other line going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I remember that is because I was reading this other David Copperfield story. So he was doing this trick, and what sucks for him is some of the trick gets revealed, and it was a, at the end of the show, they were doing this thing where people disappear, and they end up at the back of the theater. And so as they're doing this trick, this guy who gets taken up randomly from the audience, as said in the court case, he goes up, and they make him disappear. But what happens is they have him run behind a curtain, through the kitchen, in and out of the building. They're running through the... So it's basically just... Okay, and they're gone, and they're running all around the building to get back. And so he falls, hurts himself real bad, has, he says, brain damage. And so he was suing David, Copper, David Copperfield. And the story says, the illusionist David Copperfield has been found negligent but not financially responsible for a tourist's injuries during the signature vanishing act. It happened in 2013. And they tried, this Copperfield's team tried to get everyone out of the courtroom because they did not want their tricks revealed. Oh, no. Because it takes all this time and money yeah. to reveal these tricks. I don't know if I was talking about it here or not, but I was watching these old David Copperfield magic tricks from the 80s. And I watch this show called The Americans on FX, and it's in the final season right now. I believe one of the final episodes is right now. And so they were, since it was in the 80s, that was a big deal. Was David Copperfield on television? I don't remember. I don't remember the, the David Copperfield specials a little before me, but I went and started Googling and watching them on YouTube. And it's pretty crazy because not only could you watch them, like he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Have you heard me talk about this yet? I don't think so, no. Okay. And so you watch it and then you watch it on YouTube and he makes the freaking Statue of Liberty disappear. And the people that are watching it as well, they see the Statue of Liberty disappear. And you go, how does he make the Statue of Liberty disappear? And so you can find how, and you can Google anything, Google now. Yeah. And so the YouTube video shows that what he does is the platform they're on and the cameras, you know, the, the Statue of Liberty is in between these two bars, and then this loud music's playing, and this curtain comes up, and it covers the Statue of Liberty. But then when they drop it, it's gone. But what's happened is the platform is slightly moved just enough to where it's out of from the middle of the bars. Anyway, it's a very simple trick that... Turns to not so simple when you get a bunch of TV cameras around and people watching live. But it's pretty cool. You should watch it. And there's another one. He, did, he walked through the Great Wall of China. And it shows him in a box. And then it shows how basically they like took him in a helicopter and flew over it to the other side. And then he went up the box. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, we all know it's like wrestling. Yeah. It's not really real. But you go, how did they do that? Mostly it's the mechanics of figuring out the trick more than wondering if it's real or not. You know, with wrestling, that was the big thing in the 90s. No, that's real. Come on. I swear. <laughs> you think it? So, but yeah, I just, this David Copperfield story just came across. And they say 55,000 audience volunteers had taken part in this trick over 17 years. I wonder 
they made them all sign non-disclosures. They have to, right? Or why would they not just get on Twitter and go, here's how the trick is. Jurors learned that in about 60 to 90 seconds, stagehands ushered the randomly chosen participants past dark curtains, down passageways, around corners, outdoors, indoors, and through a kitchen. Doesn't that seem like a bit archaic just to go through a kitchen? Yeah. Like you're paying millions and millions of dollars for the talent and for the show, and then you're going to run through the kitchen? Like, just build a tunnel. El Chapo built tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> and then they re-entered the theater for the show's finale. And wow. the guy, 57 years old, said he fell on his right side and could not recall getting up to finish the illusion. He had to get medical treatment. They paid for his medical treatment, like $400,000. So that's the negligence of it. They paid for it. But they said that Copperfield did not make the environment bad to where someone was going to get hurt. Anyway, I was reading that before we started this. And so here we are. It's uh, a rainy... Wednesday. Now, yeah, it's Wednesday, huh? It is, yeah. I've lost track of it. Yeah, it's weird with Memorial Day being up. Uh, So we're going to put this up. We always try to have a new episode on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. We'll have another one that comes up tomorrow Mm -hmm. or whenever you hear this. There'll be another one up with Matt Carney. But because we couldn't get him in and we couldn't just get organized until then, it won't be up until later. Uh, The Roseanne thing happened. I didn't talk about that on the show. I know Ray mentioned it in the news. And although the main vein of the story is politically pushed because she's on the right side, the show says the. For me, I I read it, and it is, it's not a political thing for me. It's that you know people go, oh, freedom of speech. First, just to talk about freedom of speech for a second, what freedom of speech really is is the ability to speak out against your government without going to jail. That's what freedom of speech is. So this isn't a Roseanne-specific, and I don't really talk about politics, and this will not be political. But it's more of a, let's talk about freedom of speech for a second. You, you, if you say something and the person who's paying you doesn't like it, they can fire you. That's not freedom of speech. It's not protected in freedom of speech. If Roseanne said, or someone else said, I hate the president, you know, or she'd fall down, in some countries, they'll throw you in jail. Yeah can't say that. You can't say In America, you can. And people go over the line with that a lot of times. But that's what freedom of speech is. So if you ever hear anyone go, oh, freedom of speech. No, no. Freedom of speech is what we have to be able to speak out against our own government without our own government punishing us. So it wasn't a freedom of speech issue with Roseanne. Now, here's the thing, too. Whenever you work for someone, you agree to adhere to their terms. And their terms can switch. They can feel one way today and a different way tomorrow. They can, you know, feel one way about you and different about someone else. They're paying you money, so they have that authority. And so with ABC, she's working for ABC. They're paying her millions of dollars. If they go, that, we're done, then that's it. You know, those are somewhat the rights you give up when you work for someone. I heart at any time, if I say something that they don't like or they deem is hurting them with sponsors or clients, they can cut me. It's not freedom of speech. It's that's They're spending their money on talent. And if they think their talent's hurting the bottom line, they can cut the talent. And so that's what ABC did. They felt like that it wasn't worth keeping her in that show. Also, that was the biggest show on television. That's what the crazy part. It was <laughs> the biggest show on television. So they must have felt that it was going to dramatically, in other ways, affect their bottom line. 
meaning take the politics out of it as far as what Roseanne Barr stood for. We knew what she stood for before even the show started back. But when she comes on and she makes racist comments like she did, you may have other high-profile talent to go, I'm not working with a company that pays someone. So there are level two, level three, and it's much bigger than just firing her. So, yeah, I mean... Were you surprised how fast it happened, though? Like, yeah, well, I, I felt like they had to jump because you saw Wanda Sykes jump out quick. They had to jump out and state their status quick. Either way, they had to come and go, this is how I feel about it. I felt like they had half a day to do it. I can only imagine how quickly they were all on the phone and in a boardroom going, what do we do? It was also the biggest show on all of television. And they had to make the decision. And so I, I felt like it had to be done in that four to six hour range. I fell asleep for 30 minutes and I woke up and they said she was fired. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. I, just, I just closed my eyes. Is, I mean, is this yeah. Rip Van Winkle? Is that, how long was I asleep? <laughs> so yes, I was surprised at how fast they did that. Um, but you, know, you started to see Whitney Cummings left the show even before this. She was like, I can't work in this environment. Uh, Wanda Sykes quit as soon as it happened. So, you know, it's really not something that I talk about on the radio show because it takes long form to actually speak about the way you feel about something. And it's so polarizing. And people go, why don't you talk about politics on the air? For the show that we do in the morning, I'm really not going to win anybody over by talking about politics, but I'm going to piss a lot of people off. And for the message that our show has and what we're about, because all of us on that show feel different ways politically, but what that show is about isn't politics it's about positivity and fun and real life stuff and sometimes not fun stuff but politics is so polarizing and you can absolutely get it everywhere from people that know far more about it so i'm not an expert i mean i feel like i am sometimes but if you really wanted to find people talking about it you can find better people than me talking about it now what i think we do the best is what we do and i think that's what we focus on and highlight. So people ask me all the time, and, and I'll do interviews. I did an interview with Texas Monthly. And they were asking about the book, which is coming out June 19th, my new book. And they asked me about politics. And I said, listen, I said during the election who I voted for, I didn't vote for Hillary or Trump. I wrote in Dirk Bentley because I really wasn't a big fan of either one of them. And I told my audience that. And I needed my audience to know that I didn't vote for either one of them because I didn't want my audience to feel like I had some sort of secret agenda. And I was you know, pushing one of them through underground methods. So uh, yeah, that Texas Monthly, they, they hit hard on politics. But I, I didn't bite because there was nothing to bite into. Like I feel I'm going to run for governor of Arkansas. And I don't know if I'm going to run as a conservative Democrat or a liberal Republican. Because that's really where I feel I fit. Somewhere in the middle. I'm so... So... I don't know. I could really. It's going to come down to who I'm running against. Because I'll be a, a, a really conservative Democrat or a really liberal Republican. <laughs> and if the person that I'm running against is, you know, if it's a Republican, I'll probably hop, have to hop into the Democrat. If it's, a, I feel like I, that's what I would do. Because uh, I just am not on one of the sides. I have things I'm passionate about on both sides, but I'm just not on one of the sides. I'm not even. Well, let me tell you about 
Blue Apron. Oh, my goodness. Blue Apron is offering listeners their first three meals for free. And when it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and the shopping. While you do the cooking and the eating, you'll enjoy delicious meals like popcorn chicken with sweet chili cabbage slaw and cumin-spiced wonton noodles with vegetables and peanuts on the table in 30 minutes or less. Convenient. They deliver it right to your door. Pre-portioned ingredients, step-by-step recipes that can be cooked under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season and designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. It's flexible, 12 recipes each week. New ones, you can pick two, three, four recipes. High quality. The upcoming meals right now, because I love Blue Apron. Yeah, your boy Bobby loves Blue Apron. Pork chorizo tacos, radishes, roasted potatoes, and cotija cheese. Salmon and spicy orange salsa with quinoa and carrot salad. White cheddar cheeseburgers, balsamic glazed onion, roasted potatoes. Creamy pesto, cavatelli with mushrooms, and spicy breadcrumbs. All that. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. My whole point of the Roseanne stuff was not to get political. It was to say that what freedom of speech is. And if you have a boss and they don't like your speech, they can stop your speech. And if you don't like it, go work for somebody else or start your own business and then speak however you want. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. If you're determined to speak a certain way, right, left, green, yellow, purple, blue, if you must either find a boss that lets you do it or go start your own job, go start a new career. Those are the only two options, but they are options. So that happened. Those are the two things. Was that today or yesterday? It's yesterday, huh? Because Ray yeah. talked about it on the show this mm-hmm. morning a bit in the news. Um, I had a, a pool party this weekend, and it is really weird for me to have a swimming pool. Like, I'm struggling with it a bit. Not that I go, I don't like it. But in my neighborhood where I grew up, first of all, in Mountain Pine, there wasn't one swimming pool. Unless you bought it at Walmart, and it was one of those that was a baby pool. Because we'd sit in those. But there wasn't one single swimming pool outside of Mountain Pine. In the Mountain Pine School District, there was a kid who's an adult now named Laramie. He had a swimming pool. And he was the richest kid I'd ever known. And his, I think his pool was above ground. But it was crazy to me. And he was never my friend because he had a swimming pool and he was cool. And I was never cool enough to be the kid with the swimming pool's friend. But that was, I, I don't know that I ever even got in a swimming pool until I was 15 or 16. I would go on church camp trips. Like, I ever got in a real one that was below ground. So that was always something that, like, rich people had. And so now that I have a swimming pool, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to talk about it. it. Makes me uncomfortable. So, you know, I kind of did immersion where I just, start, I just put it on Instagram. I was like, here it is. Can't turn back now. Here's a picture of my swimming pool. I think your first one was like, well, got a pool. Got a pool. <laughs> you know, because I, I don't want to hide from the fact. I don't want to lie to anybody. I don't want to act like something I'm not. And, you know, I've had a successful last few years and I have a swimming pool but it's tough for me man that's tough and I don't know if most people associate swimming pools with rich people but I do like I hardcore do see that's that's a struggle I don't, do you have any swimming pools in your neighborhood we did in our trailer park we did have a swimming pool it was always closed but every like summer it would open for like a few weeks until it broke down really yeah. was it below ground it was below ground hmm well, I have one of people came over and I thought the party was good because it didn't get too rowdy. Ray didn't get wasted drunk. Yeah. I think they left before he got wasted drunk. Yeah. And they did what you probably should do. They just, you know, rock star goodbye to it and tell anybody they just slipped out. Yeah. I eventually just noticed, hey, where's Ray? Yeah. I was like, he's oh, gone. I guess Ray's gone. <laughs> and so 
Um, but it was good because there were families here. There were people without families. And it kind of worked for everyone. You know, no one was out of control. No one was too kiddy. Yeah. Even when the Walker Hayes family showed up. And that, that's eight people. That's six kids and two adults. He has six kids. It really wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. They just all jumped in the pool. Yeah. And so I did have a good time at the party. Uh, it's really the first weekend that I've been able to relax. And I did relax, which is kind of a rare feeling for me. And I feel appreciative that I got to be so tired over the last month because I felt like I've worked hard all these years that I was pretty, I was really cool with being that tired because being that tired, man, I got to do a lot of cool things. You know, I don't know if that, I guess it's kind of counterintuitive to be thankful that you're so tired, but I was thankful for the opportunities and those opportunities made me tired. So therefore I was thankful to be tired, but the American Idol stuff was good. Um, and then you got to go see a lot of that too. Yeah. And so that was cool. And that, you know, that's leading to other things that one way or the other in the next, what is today? We record this May 30th, May, June. In the next probably 60 days or so, I'll be able to share some other things that are coming from that. But one of the dramatic things from the pool party was that Lindsay L was over at the house. Now, not dramatic in our world because she's a close friend and she's friends with everybody. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> Okay, right. And no, and none of us really did. But what happened was Lauren Elena was taking an Insta story with Lindsay, which I have, had no problem. I wasn't telling Lindsay not to post things. Mm -hmm. I didn't put her on mine because I didn't want people going, ooh, what's up? And we're not secretly dating, but still I didn't want people going, ooh, what's up? But what Lauren did, and Lauren doesn't know this, I haven't told her. I'm not even mad about it because she didn't know. She did an Insta story and she was talking to Lindsay in selfie mode and then she flips it over and talks to me. Now, again, not crazy because so what Lindsay was over here. Lindsay was posting things from over here. Mm -hmm. But what Lauren did is she tagged Lindsay and I both in the same one. It said, at Mr. Bobby Bones, at Lindsay L on the screen and it looked like we were together at the party. Oh. So people were reaching out to Lindsay and her press team going, what's happening? They back together? And so... It was a thing. And then, yeah, Lindsay and I were texting. We didn't talk about it, but I was like, hey, maybe you just shouldn't come over for things like that. Or we have to tell everybody don't do it because you can't get mad if you don't do one or the other. Yeah. Like, I, that's why I'm not irritated at Lauren because how was she supposed to know? Everybody was just hanging out. There wasn't a rule. I didn't think it'd be even a thing. But that was the bit of drama. My toilet's broken. Eddie drove over my light. <laughs> yeah. But if that's all it is after a party, that's a pretty good party. Yeah. The DJ was pretty expensive, but it was awesome, right? It was really awesome. It was awesome, right? Like, I forgot driving over here, and I walk up like, "Oh, there is a DJ." Yeah, and it was really. He good. had the whole setup, and he was his name was DJ Aaron. He was a huge fan of the show, and he's you know setting up back there, and I'm walking back and just sweeping up. I'm a little nervous because I never had that many people in my house before. I never thrown a real party. People have come over before yeah. to watch the Super Bowl at my other place. But it was come over and just sit down. Like I don't give. Just, I'm already gonna be sitting. If you want to sit beside <laughs> sit me, me, you're welcome fine. to sit around me. There's no. So, I never had a party where you know I got all the food, all the alcohol, got a DJ, and so the DJ gets here about 10 a.m. for the noon start time, and I go back and I'm like, hey man, how's it going? And he goes, oh my god, I didn't know this was your house. And I was like, yeah, I don't really book things under by bones. <laughs> 
And uh, he was, he'd been listening to the show for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Like hardcore. Super nice guy. And so we took a picture, and he was great. I don't even I wish I knew his last name. I'd put it out there. Um, he was great. I think he works at a pop station in a town called I, mm-hmm. like I-100 I or something. I'm not sure. I don't even know what channel the river's on, which is the pop station. River. 107.5? Is it? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, the DJ was so freaking cool. The most expensive part of the party. But so cool. And then I didn't know if you tip a DJ. You know, because I'm paying him already. But he did a great job, and I did tip him. If I'm ever, ooh, do I tip him or do I not? I always feel like I tip them, one, because I've worked in service, and two, because I don't need them going saying, oh, Bob Bones didn't tip me. Yeah. He's douche. <laughs> and I'm sure that's happened before at times when I didn't know that you were supposed to tip. But that was legit. A lot, a lot of friends. The whole show came over except for Morgan number one. She, I don't know, she at the beach? She was in Florida, yeah. Yeah. So everybody else came over. Thought it was good. Uh, so Amy and the kids who had been here the day before. The show, I would say some artists, but they're friends. The, any artists that came over have popped that circle of, I don't want people in the circle that are artists, but there were, they're like really cool people. And through us ha- being forced together, we've become friends. I mean, I really don't want to be friends with artists for the sake of being friends with artists. As a matter of fact, I try to not be friends with artists so I can still have some sort of, uh, so I can be, uh, mm, let me choose my words carefully here. <laughs> I want to be able to have opinions. Yeah. So uh, Lauren and Elena came over and Lauren and I really got to know each other. We wrote together on our Raging Kitty It's record. We wrote a song called Recess. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for recess. Hey. Remember because you were saying when she would sing it, you are like, there's oh, no way I'm going to be able to sing that. We were writing <laughs> it, and she'd be like, can't wait for recess. I was like, Lauren, I'll never be able to sing that. Like, you're dealing with a C- minus singer. So we got to take it down a bit. And so on the Raging Kitty's record, there's a song called Recess, and she didn't sing on the record. But Lauren and I wrote that song together, and uh, Nikita Carmen ended up singing on the record with me. But so Lauren came over. Preston from Low Cash came over. But Lauren and I wrote together, and we toured a bunch together. We were around the same level of getting paid and stage slotted at festivals. So we were just always around each other. She's just awesome. Uh, Preston from Low Cash. Got to know those guys really well. Walker Hayes, who, you know, Walker and I have been cool since before he was Walker Hayes with a hit. Uh, Who else? Eric Pasley, who I'm close to. Jillian. Jillian Jacqueline, who's like the coolest ever. Um, we, and Jillian went out, really got to know her on the Raging Idiots tour because she came and opened for us like the last quarter of 2017. Yeah. And then we became friends. Ryan Hurd. Yeah, Ryan came by. That's right. Yeah, Ryan was here early. He had to take Marion to the airport because she was going to New Zealand. Yeah. And he was like, hey, man, I was going to come later. So Ryan got here early. There was nobody really here. So I kind of felt awkward where I was like, man, this is the lamest party ever. You're here and it's just me and Eddie. <laughs> Luckily, Eddie's super talkative. Um, anybody else that people would know? But it was all I put it all on Insta story. I had to embrace the fact that I'm either I'm just going to post it all, or post none of it, because it wasn't like I can. The only thing I kept out of it was Lindsay, and you can see her in some. I just didn't want the drama for her. I don't care about the drama for me. It doesn't hurt me at all. I don't have people penalizing me, but I don't want the drama for her. So I thought the party was good. I'm considering having a Fourth of July party, but I don't have any fireworks. So I don't know how that would work. And I don't know about kids swimming at dark. 
Yeah. You know, so that's the <laughs> thing, because the 4th of July party is later in the evening. You got to do it at night, yeah. Late yeah. into the night. So, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, but I thought the party was good. We had so much left over. Eddie took all the alcohol. He took just cases of beer home with him. And then, like I said, his wife broke my light. Yeah. <laughs> she was driving to have a light out there. <laughs> I was out there. I just heard a big crunch. I oh, like, you didn't oh, hear the no. crunch? Oh, yeah. I had a knock on my door earlier. And somebody who lives in the neighborhood brought me a welcome home gift basket. And it's somebody. It's an artist. But it's somebody who lives around here. Mm-hmm. And it was super kind. It was him, his wife, kid, dog. I mean, the whole thing. And uh, I didn't know they lived around here. But it's an artist who's been on this show before who come to the other house. Hmm. But he didn't have to... It was super nice of someone to come over with the family and go, hey, we brought you this. Welcome to the neighborhood. I, did, I don't want to do that. Eventually, I'm going to find a girlfriend, wife that makes me do things like that because whatever that is, I don't know how to do it. My, my other neighbor across the street's come over like twice and haven't been home. And I'm like, oh, I hope I'm still not home next time. Because <laughs> what do you do? What do you talk about? Do you invite them in? Do you offer them a drink? I don't got anything to drink. You want a bottle of water? It's, what, you want to watch TV? Like, make, make you a tea? <laughs> yeah. Do, do we need to ask about the personal history? Like, where are you from? You know, you know, what's your job? Do I want to? It's a weird thing for me because I'd never have had that before. Mostly, I just didn't want people knowing where I live because I've had the issues of people breaking into my freaking house. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be the case here because I have a good security system, kind of hidden, not exposed like the last place. I had an issue, a couple issues at the last house. The one I talked about publicly was my Jeep getting broken into. So, yeah, I moved over here. I guess this is my fifth or sixth night staying here. Uh, oh, another commercial? Yeah. How long are we into this? We are 26 minutes. I was really going to do 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's <laughs> what happens. Uh, what's, is this uh, sleep number? Yep. Oh, let me tell you. Maybe you've heard me talk about my amazing Sleep Number 360 smart bed. They're so smart, they respond to your every movement, and they automatically adjust to you. The great news is their latest smart beds are even more comfortably priced during their semi-annual sale going on right now. So many couples disagree on mattress firmness. I can't wait to be a couple that disagrees on mattress firmness. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be nice. Just to have a couple. I know. Ah, Sleep Number beds let you choose your ideal firmness on each side, so it's right for both of you. You can actually feel how it contours to your neck, shoulder, back, sips, and... It relieves pressure points. There's even an adjustment for snoring. How about that? My sleep number setting is 30. My sleep IQ score last night, mm, I didn't look. I'm just trying to be honest, but I will say that it's usually in the low 90s. I do move a bit. Right now, if you're listening, the semi-annual sale to see the latest sleep number 360 smart beds with special Memorial Day savings up to 700 bucks. right now. There are more than 500 and sleep, 550 sleep number stores. Visit sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the store nearest to you. There you go. Mouth's getting dry. Ugh. I don't have water up here. We don't have water up here, do we? We don't. Got a little fridge up here? Oh, got yeah, a little microwave? It up. Yeah, we got this. We're, we're on the come up with the studio for sure. Um, I don't want to go too long. I don't even know if people will listen to this. I don't know if people like it. I want to talk about stuff by myself. If You can send me a message and help my confidence if you'd like. I need the confidence boost right now. I'm feeling very vulnerable going into the second book coming out. I mean, that, that came quick, man. Mm, uh, not for me. Uh, no? I mean, I guess I finished it at the end of last year, right? Yeah, that's true. But it just felt I like so, so far out. Like, when you said June, I was like, that, that's a real long time. Yeah. It's not even that I feel vulnerable about what's in it. It's just, it kind of caught lightning in a bottle with the first one. I saw you got your first review, though. How'd that's that from a librarian. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, it's good. 
but it felt like she and I'm already making excuses for a good review. Yeah. <laughs> so this is me going into defense mode. But it felt like she already knew the show and knew what I was about and that helped her. She did give me five stars for the review. Mm-hmm. And maybe she didn't know I was gonna see that. That's on Goodreads. I don't even know what Goodreads is. It's a website you go and talk about books. I think so. Somebody <laughs> sent me that it's from the book company. Because I'm like, I don't know if it sucks or not. Like, I don't. I, don't, I have no idea. Could, the book could be terrible. Um, because it's really just a neurotic guide to how to be successful. Like, if you want to absolutely drive yourself crazy, here's the key. And it's just about discipline and how when we see people that are super successful, they didn't just walk up and do it. They actually failed a whole lot. Way more than you really think. And so that's what the book's about. And so, yeah, I don't know. It comes out uh, two weeks or so from now. Mm-hmm. So if you hear this, it could be out now. It's called Fail Until You Don't. Got a book tour planned. Going to go sign a bunch of books. Hopefully, that's the best. The best case is, again, this is like the first thing I was talking about. The best case is that I'm exhausted when it's done. And I'm so happy that I'm so tired because I had to sit and sign books all night. The worst case is, it's a short night and I got to go to bed on time. <laughs> you know what? They're both kind of wins. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that book tour's creeping, man. Creeping up quick. Yeah, June's another beast. For us, yeah. I guess two weeks is enough to ask to be home, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, CMA Fest is coming up next week, and we have a lot of stuff there. I have a lot of stuff there. But yeah, in June, I just pulled up my calendar. So CMA Fest is that week. I go to New York for Dirks to do a uh, – he has a record coming out. He, he just texted me just a few minutes ago um, about the record, about the show. And then we go on book tour, huh? Mm-hmm. And we do that for two weeks. I'm just looking at the calendar here. Listen, I'm not complaining. But, yeah, there we go. There it is. And then uh, we do go on vacation after that in July, which means i got to figure out what the heck I'm going to do on vacation. I have nowhere to go. I have nothing to do. I'm going to get wrinkled in my pool. <laughs> I saw Cam today. I haven't seen Cam in a bit. Cam the singer. I've been sleepwalking. We were sitting beside each other at the... We are both on the ACM board. So... I never meant to be on any board. Never wanted to be on any board that wasn't a charity. I'm on the musicians on call board. Um, I'm on the ACM board. But the ACMs were the first group to ever acknowledge our show was even existent. And so I felt I felt a bit of loyalty to at least the idea. Because I think blind loyalty is not a good thing. I think loyalty for a purpose and a reason is a really great thing. And so I'm on the ACM board, and mostly I go and try to make sure that uh, that their charity, the Lifting Lives, is. So anyway, my point is, I sat with Cam. They talked to her for a bit, and you know she's very much so into the female empowerment, and she's on the Grammy committee where they're talking about involving women. And it's good to see Cam today. Uh, I think I posted on my Insta story. I don't think she even knew I posted that. So I guess that's it. Do you call it an Insta story or story? I put you on the story. Insta story. Now, are we old for that? Because some people just say, hey, I was looking at your story. I still say Insta story. Yeah, I don't think so. I got a lot of Insta story views during my pool party. Yeah. A lot. Like hundreds of thousands. Really? Yeah. It was like when you were doing your punk show. Oh, yeah. I got a bunch from that. I was watching Mike's Insta story and I go, dude, what's happening? And then I put it on Twitter. And if you put that on Twitter, like, dude, what's happening here? People will go look at it. Oh, yeah. I got so many messages about that. And all of a sudden, Mike D is at a mosh pit. And you were by yourself? Yeah. The Descendants is the name of the group. Yeah. 
pull some of that descendants out. All right. There we go. A pop punk band from the 80s. Why do I know their logo? Um, I wear their t-shirt a lot. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Because <laughs> whenever you posted it, I, I, I knew the logo. But the story is, and you can look for it on YouTube. Mike D was in a mosh pit. Yeah. And they were shoving each other hard. They were running yeah. in circles. It was out, it was out of control. It's bit. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's fun to me, though. Let me hear some of these descendants. <laughs> From the eighties, mm-hmm. that guy looked like a dad in cargo shorts. Yeah, him. pretty much. Yeah. So like he started this band, and they influenced like Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day. Kind of started that whole pop punk sound, and then like he went back to be like a biochemist. Oh yeah. And then they recently came back like a few years ago, started touring again. Did you see the Weezer story, where this kid on Twitter is like, "Hey, do." But- Toto Africa. Uh, covering that song, yeah. Yeah. He's like, make a video. Do Toto Africa. And forever, he just went after Weezer. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, play that song. Uh, just from Africa. Or from Toto. The song's Africa. And so Weezer finally covered it in a concert. And so that was a, a funny story because he just was relentless yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Eddie's joke was, this sounds like the end of an 80s high school dance. Like, all right, everyone, uh, oh, yeah. last dance. And all the guys are like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to ask her to dance. <laughs> here so the song go. sounds like, here we go. Here it is. I hear the drums going tonight. See if you can find the Weezer version right. online. Because I, I haven't heard it. I just saw the story and laughed. <laughs> that, for me, is one of the coolest meetings that I've ever got to do. It was meeting... Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. Met him at iHeart Radio Music Festival a couple years ago. And he was a lot smaller than I thought. I mean, I'm not a big guy. I'm a little six foot, pretty thin, but he's probably five, six. Is this Weezer doing? This is Weezer. Okay, so they practiced. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Look at this. Is this live? No, it's recorded. Oh, they actually did it? Yeah, a- they actually recorded it. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that fan if all of a sudden your favorite band records a song that you wanted them to record because of you? <laughs> That's cool. I want to hear the high note. May take a while. Can you fast forward that a bit? That's cool. It still sounds like Weezer, yeah. but it still is true to the song. But Rivers Cuomo, what that reminds me of, that punk band, he went back to college. You know his story. He yeah. was in Weezer, and they were like, ah, we're going to take a break. And he went back and studied whatever he studied, yeah. biology or chemistry or something like that. Right. Yeah. And he even like studied just like how to write pop music for a minute. And then they did that album, Ratitude, that was all like synth and stuff. I don't know. I don't know why pop music is considered such a negative thing. I mean, I get it if you go, "Nah, I'm cool. I don't like what everybody likes." But pop, the root of pop is just popular. Mm-hmm. The most popular music, like hip hop, is pop music right now, because that's the most popular format in America. Now, no one calls it that. It's still hip hop, but it, it's pop. And I was reading. They were talking about Sugarland. They were like Sugarland, a country pop artist. And I saw someone take offense to that. I was like, why? Pop stands for popular. 
we shouldn't associate pop. Now you can go, well, what's are there artists that create just pop sounds? But again, those are just sounds that are universally liked at the time. That's a weird when you say the pop thing, it triggered that. Yeah, yeah I'm a little, a little triggered. Uh, that's it, I think. Uh, check out the book. You can pre-order it now if you want. Save ten dollars at Amazon right now. It may go back up by the time you hear this. Uh, but that's it. I'm on the road a bunch this year. BobbyBonesComedy.com if you're in DC or Bakersfield. Tampa's coming up. Shows and a lot of the shows are sold out, thankfully, which is cool. Uh, see Mike D out on the road too. Mike D opens up the shows, but I think that's uh, I think that's it. How long was this? Thirty-seven minutes. All right. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Sleep Number, and also Blue Apron. And I think that'll do it. And mouth is really dry, so I'm wrapping it up anyway. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.